Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick Owatari Dorgan, and with me, as always, is a man who prefers to travel by cargo crate, actually. I am the Adam Glass, and honestly, as long as they respect the this end up... <laughs> right, you'll uh, be fine. I'll be fine, and it's it's the best way to travel. I was here's considering a, here's referring a to it as the normal method of travel, but I wasn't sure if that would yeah. be like appropriate or not. The normal method, yeah. Uh, here's the thing about that scene, um, which is very silly. Uh, when they wrote it, um, everyone thought that that was completely unbelievable, and they almost took it out of the script because it was so dumb. Yeah, um, and and then. <laughs> And then after production, they decided to leave it in for whatever reason. But but years after production, uh, it came out that the the Sicilian mob had uh, had done that on multiple Jeez. occasions. <laughs> wow! See, I was actually yeah. going to talk about that as a thing because I understand that it might have happened a few times. But my my understanding of the mob has always sort of been that primarily the way of getting away with the thing is to just brazenly do it and then force everybody who might tell on you to not. Right, right. Like, Which is uh, It seems so complicated when the other solutions that seem to be predominant are shoot him in a public place, bury his body, and then deny everything, and then everybody in town's too scared to, to rat you out, like basically, is the method right. I've and always understood to be primary. That's what happened. If you remember that uh, that movie about the Italian bandit, uh, Salva- uh, Salvatore, kind Antonio of. Salvatore. Um, you know, part of it is that he was eventually assassinated, and no one was brought to justice. And it was it, it was the mob behind it is why no one was ever brought to right, justice, right, and right. that's how it worked out for them. <laughs> yeah, because because you couldn't. He was in Sicily, so you couldn't just mail someone to Sicily from Sicily and have it work out in the same way. Right, <laughs> but, right, right. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could yeah. go hire somebody in, like, another country and mail them in. I don't know. Like, as far as I'm concerned, like, because that's basically what the American mob is doing in this. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I get it. I get that it's a thing, but it, it, it does seem like not like a great plan, honestly speaking. <laughs> Like, seems like it has a lot of things that could go wrong, including your killer it, just dying in the mail. I I think part of the part of the thing is, uh, you send someone where it doesn't matter if they die in the mail. Well, yeah, I get that, but what I'm saying, well, and, okay, and sure, the plan the plan's got to change, but yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, I guess it it's hard to tell because the urgency with which everybody is acting sort of implies like this is their only shot to kill this guy when we know that's not really true right like oh we just smile and nod at him for a little while and then murder him later Uh, and it's it's a revenge killing so like or it's implied that he had betrayed the family because as far as i can tell like abandoning your friends has a very loose definition that might include being a jerk with a motorcycle yeah it's that's fair. I feel like it needs but harder being definitions a jerk, is all I'm saying. Being a jerk with a motorcycle didn't get that guy killed, right? I no, mean, not I, yet. I feel like they're fair. working their way up to it. All it takes is him doing, like, having two motorcycles, and he's a fucking goner. <laughs> hey, guys, I bought a, a second motorcycle. Blam, blam, blam. He's gone. You get a second motorcycle, you better, you better move to Milan. That's all I'm saying.
Pat, before we get into the movie this week, I do want to talk about our Patreon, patreon.com slash lostincriteria. Uh, over there for a dollar a month, you get access to a bonus episode, uh, and you get access to vote on what bonus episode it's going to be, because we put together a list every month of four movies that are usually kind of themed to something going on in the world or uh, or a movie we watched recently. Or um, Adam's head. and then Or my head. Uh, always, my head has a lot of themes to it. Uh, and then number five on the list is always Kazam, the uh, 1996 children's movie starring Shaquille O'Neal as a genie who, uh, spoilers, uh, at the end turns the bad guy into a basketball and slam dunks him. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for ruining the movie great. for all of our audience. It's pretty great. Uh, so if you want to make us watch Kazam all the time, uh, or at least once a month, uh, you can do that at patreon.com slash lost in criterion. So uh, as I said, for just a dollar, this this week's um, bo- this this month's bonus episode makes me uh, recalls a theory that that was posited by somebody I followed on the internet, which is that Shazam, the Sinbad based film, did in fact exist, was wiped out by a time traveler, and we all have some sort of weird, you know, like time fragmented memory of it that that uh, yeah, yeah, it's not it's not whole, but we all have it. Because we all watched it as kids, and then it was essentially removed from our memory by a time traveler. I see. I see. I mean that that. Works. I mean that's this how that's how memory works in in Star Trek, which I've been watching a lot of. Where like somebody will change time, and there'll be a few people who'll be like, "Wait, something seems wrong." It's like, no, that would not work. No, that no, no. If there was, you wouldn't. No. That's right. That's right. This past uh, this past month's bonus episode that Pat's referring to is. Uh, it was a time travel theme in honor of Bill and Ted, but it was uh, time travel movies outside of the uh, canon. And uh, we ended up watching the 2007 Spanish film Time Crimes for it, which is a delightful movie uh, that will uh, delightful is in, in air quotes. It's it's delightful <laughs> in its in its in its construction and and you know, but like, yes. it's not exactly a delightful story. It's like oh, this one's about rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, all that, that's the dollar a month. We watch, like I said, we watch Time Crimes, we watch uh, Aliens, we watched uh, um, The Americanization of Emily and uh, uh, Dog Day Afternoon, some really some really great films over there, some really bad films over there, and it's, uh, we have fun. It's good. It's nice. It's nice to watch something that isn't in the Criterion Collection since by the nature of our project here, watching one Criterion movie a week, it means that Pat and I do not consume a lot of media that yeah, is not I don't Criterion watch movies. Else. So, yeah. Well, and it's weird because Except, like what happens to me is like, especially since I have kids, is like, well, I, I the only other movies I watch are children's movies mainly, but like I uh, I end up just watching the same five movies I've seen before over and over and over again because it's right, like, well, right. I need a break from this other movie. I can't risk watching a new movie that might disappoint. So it's like, oh, I'll watch that movie I've seen 25 times. That's fine. There you go. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. That's all at a dollar. A little extra at that $5. We like to thank those people on air. Uh, there's no one at that mark right now. Um, so thank you to because nobody. Because you guys no, are I say amazing. That. Because you guys are amazing. No, Pat's, Pat's got that right. I was being antagonistic, and Pat's true. 
uh, because all of the people who were at $5 have uh, popped up to 10 and we're very grateful to that. At $10 and above, we do something that's pretty pretty special, I think. Pat makes a piece of art based on one of the movies we've watched recently, and I got that printed up on a postcard, write a little personalized note to you, and mail that off. So if you like bespoke art, you like physical media, you like uh, getting mail uh, and the USPS not shutting down uh, yes, because your guess, stamp a millisecond be earlier because them. my... My 23 cent stamps are definitely the ones that saved that one. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and get in at the $10 mark or above. Plenty of people pay I more mean, than yeah. $10, and we're you very grateful to them 10. as well. We do like to thank the $10 and above people as well. Uh, so uh, bear with us as this list grows and grows, and we're so happy that it grows, but yes, we're still low enough that we're going to thank everyone. Thank you to Adam Spickerman, to Jonathan Haidt, to Patrick Yako. Michael McGrath, Jason Westhaver, Christopher Otto, and Charlie Mueller for your $10. Yes, thank you so support. much. It would have to get very, very long for me to, for us to decide to not say everybody's Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Probably. oh, our list has 7,000 people. Well, I guess at this point, we just release a second episode. It's the thank you episode. Each week, I feel like I feel like if we get above twenty, it's probably too Maybe. many people. I don't know. But... You seem like you could. I mean, or you just take auctioneering classes. Which has a dual <laughs> benefit say, of, number one, you can faster. say it really fast, like the guys on the radio. And number two, the second benefit is you would then officially be an, a real auctioneer, which is kind of cool, too, right? That's fair. That's fair. I'd love to. I mean, that seems like a career opportunity. Exactly. There, a lot of, yeah. I, in fact, I kind of want you to go to auctioneering need, school. Is that weird? We need more people loudly and quickly talking in public right now mm -hmm. that's really what the what the covid situation requires. <laughs> it's, it's like so. we need a guy who can say this as fast as humanly possible <laughs> we right. called in the best of the best there we go uh so this week we are talking about mafioso from 1962 it is a uh, a black comedy i suppose uh i is okay directed <laughs> is it though uh, I mean, is the definition of a black comedy just somebody dies in it? I don't. <laughs> I think the definition of a black comedy is that uh, the humor is formed by dark irony. Uh, I guess so. Whereas this movie is perhaps uh, it kind of it kind of uh, separates its darkness and its uh, well its comedy it's, in a lot of ways, right. but not always. It's basically like a light version of Mr. Bean murders a man. Right, like basically, <laughs> it's a little bit. He is he is fairly bean esque. That's true. Uh, not to say I don't like him. That's not a dig on either him or Mr. Bean. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just you know, it has a feel to it. This is directed by Alberto Latuada, uh, who we've uh, we've seen. I think at least one movie from already. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. We saw Variety Lights. The oh, only other movie okay. is in the All correction, right. but he directed Variety Lights. Um, co-directed with Fellini uh and Fellini wrote it um but uh but he he officially directed Variety Lights um interestingly to uh Latuada and and his relationship with with Fellini uh it was post-war Italy that uh Latuada called for a neorealist cinema um with, uh, with quote, uh, according to the Criterion essay uh, for this week, we are in rags, then let us show everybody in rags, he wrote. Um, and he directed a few neorealist neo melodramas himself, uh, 
uh, before doing Variety Lights even, which was 1950, whereas this is 62. So we've gone, we've had a decade of real Italian neorealism neo at this point, and we are swinging back to comedies that are also neorealistic neo in their right. in their comedy. Like, like this and Divorce Italian style, it's still... It's still stories of lower class normal people. Right. Well, with divorce Italian style, it's it's former aristocrats who have lost all their money. But, um, but it's 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 stories that are poking fun at the lower classes, as opposed to a neo neo realist drama where it's stories where we're meant to take pity on the right. <laughs> well, it's it's. I mean, on the lower most classes. of them so far, what we're talking about, especially something like this, is 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 poking fun at but also has the sort of air of like laughing with like yeah, yeah well this yeah. is this is the, our shit huh here we go yeah uh which i i always find yeah. very endearing in a in a comedy really is is that that attitude yeah uh an interesting aspect of this movie is that uh the uh two of the co-writers of this movie the guys who did the dialogue uh were a team um, a known team, uh, and uh, there's like seven, seven screenwriters <laughs> credited on this right. movie. But uh, yeah, two of them were uh, Enginore Incroci and Furio Scarpelli, or better known as Agi and Scarpelli, okay. uh, who were a team. Uh, and uh, according to one of the essays, the in the most famous Italian uh, screenwriting team in history. Okay. Um, but they not only did this, they did Seduced and Abandoned that we watched, uh, and oh, they okay. wrote The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Really? Yeah. What's that saying? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Marco Ferreri, who also wrote the screenplay, co-wrote the screenplay, um, was actually meant to direct at first, uh, if my information here is correct, um, was meant to direct, but he had only directed three features and all of them in Spain and none of them released in Italy. Oh. Uh, so the producers were like, eh, maybe let's get Latata right. <laughs> to do it. <laughs> and, uh, and so they did, and that's how he came on board. Um, but yeah. It's uh, the story, <laughs> the story of a man returning home for the first time in what eight years? Uh, yeah, and, I, don't, uh, I I mean they may have said it. I don't remember how much. I time mean it was. It was a long time. The, the oldest kid's what six or seven? Maybe I don't know. It's, it's hard I for me to tell like how old kids are. Maybe you don't know how old children are. Uh, I don't feel like that kid's six or seven. Although my that memory of it's that. already pretty vague <laughs> at this point. But I feel like that kid was maybe... Uh, now I can't remember. Shoot. All right, four or five. Yeah, I feel like starting elementary school age, like almost probably, primary school Probably age. between the age of two and 20. That seems accurate. Although you never yeah. know. I've seen that weird Robin Williams film where he's ages really quick, so... <laughs> Yeah, one of the kids might have progeria. We can't yeah. we can't know how old they are. Exactly, it's impossible. What if what if both of the kids have progeria? Perhaps it we is unfair never... to just assume people's ages based on what they look like. I don't know. 
Oh, man. The kid That's... the kid is eternal. Uh, we have no idea. <laughs> Always a child. Uh, anyway, um, I think they say it's been about eight yeah, years. Yeah, they say uh, it's been maybe. a long time. I, I just couldn't remember the but, exact yeah. time. He has moved away to northern Italy, to Milan. He got a job in a car factory where he is a... Uh, Professional guy. <laughs> I don't know. Like, he's... His job is like inspector, right? But like, yeah, it is everything a about of some sort. everything about the setup for this movie. I really let me just say, I really like this movie a lot. Like <laughs> his intense anal retentiveness at the beginning of this movie <laughs> is so much fun. When you also like compare to what he becomes by the end of the movie, it's just wild. This movie yeah. is so much fun. I love, I love the beginning of this movie, uh, because it. Like his first dialogue is telling some guy to change the timing on what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Oh, I know, I need to go faster," but but uh, he keeps interrupting the guy yeah. to say, "No, no, you need to go slower. No, you need <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna punch through your thumb." Um, it's very it's very silly. Uh, but I do want to talk about that aspect in a in a broader, maybe maybe a little off the wall interpretation of this movie. Okay. Um. There is an idea of a subtextual idea in this film of normal people being able to uh, commit murder uh-huh. and then having to deal with the psychological aspect of that as they, quote, return to their normal yeah, lives. no, for sure. I mean, and is this movie a reckoning 62... of like post-war <laughs> Italy? Absolutely. Right. right? 100%. Right. Like, it, is not it goes just, there, for sure. It, it is not just a mafia movie. It is... It is... Uh, and the idea that he, uh, in the in the before-the-murder times, was this efficiency expert, as far as the, right. the car company is concerned, in the North. Um, you know, the, the fascist keeping the trains running on time is, is the, the colloquial epitome of their their efficiency in right. infrastructure. So, uh, and then the, the aspect that we've talked about with many of the other Italian neorealist films, uh, where it is about the economic miracle of the, uh, late fifties, early sixties, Italy, where it is, you know, production is, is ramping up. Capitalism is, is seeping into every aspect of society, but the poor people are still poor people. Right, right. Uh, it's obviously reflected in this as well, and that well, I is mean, yeah. The movie is, reckons a lot with the idea that like yeah, people are both excited about sort of, for lack of a better phrase, civilization coming to town, like with the bridges yeah. and stuff. But then also you see the local people also reckoning with the idea that like they don't really see any get right. anything out of it either like it's like oh it'll be nice to like get all that stuff from mainland but then also like like we they they don't respect us they don't treat yeah. us like people here but uh, like the uh the electricity we make a big deal talking about the electrical lines and and the bridge coming soon do we at see any point see anyone's lives bettered by electricity in the rest of the movie? No, <laughs> like, no, absolutely. Do we not. even yeah. see any evidence of electricity be- until he gets to New York? 
No, well, exactly. Well, I mean, like, obvi- I mean, obviously, the factory has electricity at the beginning, but like again, that's well, that's what I mean. Forward. But, yeah, but uh, within yeah. within Sicily, no, that no, connection absolutely. has not actually made life any different. Right. Down to, uh, you know, everyone's so excited. He's so excited about the well, electrical wires. Well, I mean, wires, you get into but, that, but and it doesn't you start actually talking change about like if it is sort of to a certain extent reckoning with World War Two and sort of Sicily's sort of. Tr- you know, Sicily being sort of just a province of of Italy and stuff during World War Two, and and the way it was treated during yeah. World War Two as well. Like, it's like, oh, here they come to take over our take over our island. Right, right, right. You know, the the efficiency experts are here to take over our island and and give us the best of the world, and none of our right. lives get any better. And of course, you know, other other. I think other films we've talked oh, about yeah. have sort of gotten into this idea too of, you know, if if the argument boils down to uh, the powers that be in Sicily being the mafia or the northern capitalists, I don't know that anyone's really better off under either yeah, system. Yeah, no, neither right? of these systems is the better system for sure. Right. And I don't. And obviously, this movie makes that point pretty clear because the yeah. system that he in theory loves makes him murder a man uh so like you know it's not like it's doing him any favors either right the mafia is the devil you know uh, if anything but uh you know at at least we don't we don't overtly see anyone under the uh (laughs) that guy doesn't punch through his thumb in the factory Right, right? right right so i guess there is the aspect of uh, that uh, that not being necessarily right, uh, right. But we do. But there is also there ahead. is also the aspect that the boss at the car company is a mob is mob, is mobbed is, up. Yeah, absolutely. Has mob connections. So, yeah, and that's and that's you know, it's not really different, right? Right. It's just, it's just a facsimile, it's or it's just different a, in air a facade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I I I will say this that like the movie does try to make sure that you recognize the Sicilian life as being better than the. Milan life because his life prior to leaving that town seems like a fucking nightmare. Like, well, it's 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 very hectic. Well, exactly. I mean, he's running around and like, and and they talk about him getting to take vacation as though it's a gift they're giving him and and some of right, that stuff. Right, like, right. He he reads. You get the impression pretty early on in the film that like, yes, he's an efficiency expert, so he, that's his his job, but also. It's made him into a nervous wreck. Like he right, can't right. calm down, like ever. And he's planned this family trip out to the minute. I as far as I travel goes. I legitimately thought, man, I was full on Chekhov's gun at the beginning of this movie. I was like, he gives him his package. <laughs> he's getting on a train. He's running around. He's gonna home alone this shit and get murdered. <laughs> and then it and it took me a while to reconcile because it was like, well, this is a comedy. He cannot be murdered. So this is the story right. of him not getting murdered and how that happens in like goofy <laughs> Mr. Bean ways. And then I found out later yeah. when he brings the package, like, oh, shit, no, that's that's not what's going to happen here. I, I fully, for 30, 40 minutes of the movie, thought he was like going to get- Carrying a time bomb or something? No, I didn't think they were going to blow it. I really thought what was going to happen was it was going to be a movie where like something would happen to the package before he got to town- yeah, yeah, yeah. It no, would get stolen was... on the train, or it would get lost in like, and that would it would be the ramifications of that. Yeah, yeah that's there were times really what I thought there was were times happen. before he got to the Don's house right. the first time that I also right. thought that was going like to once happen. they had it in their hands, I was like, okay, this is not about that. But until then, yeah. I was like, oh, something's going to happen. 
And the movie plays to that, too, because when she takes the package, which he is insistent that he needs to deliver in right. person, there is, yeah, there like, is oh, that same no. implication, right? Yeah. Because the his boss told him, make sure you give this to, you right. put it into Dawn's hands, right? Uh, so, yeah. The interesting thing that they do do that I, I find really fascinating, and it, and it really helps the movie, is they make the Dawn seem so lovable. And like, yeah, and, and yeah. chill. Like, oh, all the mafia guys are totally chill. Like, this is fine. Of course, it keeps making implications, right? It's like, oh, these are all the dead people. It's like, there's just dead right. people fucking everywhere in this movie. Like, our yeah. first introduction to death in this movie is like, oh, what, how, what did he die from? A bullet. And it's like, like this Dawn has oh, to have off two bullets, off. actually. But what? <laughs> or was it two? Two bullets. Sorry. I yeah. miss. I, I and, and and then he touched her. Eyes. Oh, let's let's keep yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, just keep going. Okay, let's keep going. I love it. His reaction's amazing, but like, yeah, I I can't. It's weird because you're superimposing this really like pretty cool, gentle, like nice seeming guy with the idea that, as far as I can tell, fully half of the town has been murdered. Right. Like every right. door has that black thing on it. It's like. Okay, they didn't all die from bullets, but like, let's be clear here: the movie wants to imply that most of them died from bullets. Yeah, yeah, and and every living male either works for the mob or is unemployed right. or is a pariah for getting into <laughs> getting a job that isn't working for the mob. Right. <laughs> Basically, yeah, it literally, uh, except for the one who got sent off by the mob, I guess, to go work on it. Right, like, right, and then you start to wonder, yeah, they, like, finding out that the boss is mobbed up at the factory means like did he just end up in Milan because like of that connection then like uh, it's essentially yeah yeah the idea the idea i picked up on is that uh, he was very good as an errand boy right so they rewarded him with a job up north but the job up north is itself a mob connection. Right. So, you know, that's how you reward someone. They don't just, <laughs> you were so good, we're going to let you run free. Yeah, no, we're going to we're gonna so send good. you to college and, and, yeah. and make you. You were so good that, yeah, we're going to uh, get you a, a different job and put you on the back burner for a while. Right. <laughs> um, well, the weird thing about until, it, right, until we need you to murder somebody. Um, right. The weird thing about it, though, is that, like, how seemingly unaware of that he seems to be like he's not oh, yeah, surprised until... by his boss giving him the package so that he knows that his right. boss is like that but he also seems to not realize that he's still in the mob until pretty well, late I think, in the movie <laughs> I think he's not surprised by the package because he's already too surprised by the realization like this guy this guy has just told him oh I, I have family from your area you know oh, I'm from right, China, right. New Jersey but I have family from your area so of course he has a package for people in the area right, right. And the I Dawn, guess that's in true fact, yeah. you know. I think that's why he's not surprised anyone who knows the area knows the Don so the fact that this guy has a delivery for the mm, Don as, after he's already said I have family from the area I guess that's plausible that's plausible sort of plausible deniability yeah. for the movie that why he's right. not aware that he's still in the mob yet yeah. until he gets I love home. that scene for for being one of the one of the first instances where he's very Mr. Bean esque, yeah, or, yeah. or or maybe Tati esque in taking the cigarette and holding <laughs> giving the cigarette. it back. No, I love it. It's so good. <laughs> it's, it's like, like oh, oh no, I don't, I don't, I don't smoke. smoke. That's so good. Yeah, no, it's a great, uh, it's a great scene. There's a lot of really the movie has yeah, like it's legit a funny comedy. Like it just oh yeah, is. and it and it helps and, for me because it. I have essentially experienced this experience. I've I've never murdered anybody, uh, but like 
and especially like I realize, make sure you make that clear, Pat. <laughs> just to <laughs> say I mean, it, yeah, say it more softly and calmly. I have never murdered anyone. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, but no, I mean, what I mean is like I've gone through, like especially his wife. Like oh, I yeah, have been yeah. with Rumi when she went through that experience. That first, like you know, her first trip to America was kind of that. Oh, I'm she sure. had she had been to America many times, but never to like the middle of nowhere Ohio, <laughs> and then just been sort of <laughs> dropped into it and been like, and like of course it's not all the same. It's like very different, but like you know, she went through like that. She'd only ever been to California a bunch of times. Yeah, and so she got to like Ohio, and she's like, "Wait, you guys are going to eat all of this? <laughs> all of this all the time? Yeah, it's like right. wait a minute, this is." It's like that that scene where it's like, oh, that was just the appetizer. It was I right. fucking died? Oh, because yeah. I've yeah. literally been. I I I personally didn't experience, but I have been with a person who went through. Wait a minute, there's more food coming. <laughs> yes. Like I've eaten Christmas dinners with somebody who did not realize Christmas <laughs> dinner was just starting. Right. It was already very full. And so and there's and a bunch of scenes uh. like that where like. You know, being following me around while I'm running around talking to literally every person I know okay. in town, you know, that sort of stuff. I've been one of those people. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, the the dinner scene. Oh, I died. I loved it so much. And the and the fact that, <laughs> like, like even I understand. Like they they purposely start. You know, including foods that are outside the norm for a northern right. Italian diet, right? Northern Northern Italy really, had, uh, uh, you know, post post Columbus, Northern Italy uh, embraced the tomato, and, right? And you know that became the the basis of the food culture in a lot of ways. Uh, whereas down here, we've got the squid ink pasta getting served. Uh, we've got this thick, thick cut swordfish. I mean, steak. it's it's laughably thick, right? Like it's like yeah. Yeah, <laughs> two, uh, three inches and, thick. Uh, yeah, it looks like a brontosaurus steak. <laughs> yeah, from the, exactly. From the, yeah, the Flintstones. Um, you know the the fresh mussels and and all of this. Uh, you know, it's stuff that's outside of her purview as food. Period. And then there's just so much of it, right? right and she's yeah. expected to eat all of it. Yeah, it's like, and oh, so we're just getting started. She's like, I'll take a little piece and then thump. Yeah. Yeah. And the little girl is just throwing it on the floor behind. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so good. the The little girls are hilarious to me. Yeah, uh, uh, but yeah, no, there's a food scene, but there's a bunch of scenes like that. Like, I mean, that like get it's it's fascinating to me because like the premise of the movie is like literally his family has never met his wife, which right. is which is wild. I mean, I guess it makes sense because he lives in kind of nightmare capitalist land where like he literally can't leave to go to Sicily. Even right. like when he gets married, but I mean, don't we all? Um, and so you know, he he doesn't get to they they've never met her before, and she's going through that like getting to know your spouse's family. But like, she's been married. They've been married for what like at least enough years to have those children. So right, it's, right. Yeah. It's it's kind of a yeah. wild. It, I'm sure it's a it, it's just a really fast the, the her. Her character arc in this movie is really fascinating as a so as a totally separate character arc where she goes through like this experience of like not necessarily maybe not like starting off being essentially totally rejected by the family and then slowly oh yeah getting, yeah getting absorbed into it her her fish out of water 
comedy would be a fine movie as well, right? Exactly. And totally. and and the commentary on on Italian society and the changes coming to, after unification uh that, you know, she is only ultimately accepted by the family for imposing northern Italian <laughs> right. beauty standards on on the on his uh, her sister-in-law well yeah right? yeah i mean yeah there is that but also in it, it is also like that weird sort of thing right because like the person the guy she is chasing after has already imposed those standards on her right that's like, fair her yeah. her boyfriend has already said essentially rejected her based solely on her appearance already yeah. so it's kind of an interesting situation and there. and she's she solves that by introducing hair wax yeah no <laughs> i know it's like I I mean you know it's it's like no one's ever heard of a razor in yeah. this. I mean it's it is hard to say whether or not it's good natured jabbing at Sicily or really just taking digs at him. But yeah, uh, for being yeah. like oh <laughs> look at all these hairy people. But you know there are a lot of hairy people. I mean uh, li- I mean yes in this movie yes. There are a lot of people. Which reminds me of my absolute favorite scene in this movie is all of the unemployed young guys at the beach. Right. Uh who who when they're introduced when they've when they've made the the, 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 the naked the woman sand woman. And there's the implication the that this is the thing they have done all every summer for years yeah. on end. Like cause yeah. it, but then, he says like, Oh, you made the woman again. But the conversation swings between womanizing and uh, economic alienation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. It's beautiful. It's like, well, it's actually really just that, like you know, we're we're not. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Oh yeah. It, it like and yeah no it's it's the whole that whole scene is that scene is yeah. just hilarious. It's because like it, yeah no it's I mean it it is misogynistic at times. For sure. Oh yeah. Although I can't, it's it's really you get into one of those territories where it's almost hard to tell if it's meant to make fun of that kind of bro talk, because the the conversation is so fucking ridiculous. But then again, right. but it's probably not hard to tell. But also, his introduction in that conversation, one of the first things he says is, uh, "It's not a sign of weakness to do what your wife wants to do." Right, right. And, like, we're meant to laugh at him for that, too, right? Right, right. Yeah, we're supposed to see so, him as, like, like a, a you know, yeah, we're like, supposed to read him at as least, wimpy At boy. least disconnected from this society enough, right? And that's, that's you know, a lot of the comedy of this movie is him forgetting how things work in Sicily, right? right? He, you know, he, he shows his respect to the Don, and he remembers how to show the respect to the Don, but then he tells the Don, I'll do anything you want me to do, and it never occurs to him that that what might that include could murder, mean. yeah. Yeah. Right. Despite the fact that they are completely surrounded by people who have been murdered. Right. I mean, yeah, I think it's probably forgetfulness, too, is forgetfulness, but, I mean, I guess he also knows where his bread is buttered, right? And, like, he's right. had this job up here that's essentially funded this in theory, very nice life that he's yeah. had. And so, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say whether that's forgetfulness or if that's just like, I gotta. Well, it's, it's, yeah. It's rosy colored glasses of the past, right. too, right? You know? Oh, yeah. No, because I mean, he talks about the dawn like he's, he, like he literally walks on water. Right. Throughout the right. sort of pre introduction of him. You know, it, 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 like it he's is. He's a beloved grandfather. Right. right. And not, not the guy who probably had 
multiple people in town murdered. Yeah. But yeah. Uh the uh the filming when he arrives in New York is just some of my favorite sequences. You know, when he's he's trying to look out the out the windows and it's you know, <laughs> yeah. like like we have a pretty good idea of what's going on yeah. here already, but but then they put the top down and he's just in full in the tourist middle mode. of like Times Square, yeah. 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 No, it it's really good. Uh, I, I I just I also like the sort of the weird like the movie still sort of maintains comedy throughout even like even as you approach what you know is going to be a really dark deed where it's like oh, yeah. where he's like, Do you wanna just look? You know what I mean? Like he's like leaning out the window and you in like in a real yeah. mob movie, right? Like it'd be like, sit down and like you don't need to know where you oh, are yeah. kind of thing, right? But instead it's like right. Would you like us? It's like basically. Would you like us to put the top down? And it's like, woo! We're going through New York City now. Um, so it's kind of a an interesting sort of twist on that. And then their quiz of like, can you identify this man? Is basically like three basic facial features. It's like, does he have a mustache or whatever? It's like, what mustache or whatever? It's like, oh well, yep, he knows who he is. It's like I don't know that he does. He knows three things about this man's face the entire sequence in new york is is a delight through and through and then we hit that i kept being surprised at how much time was left in the movie yeah before the murder like i thought there would be much more denouement but it's really this happens and he's immediately thrust back into his normal life right well which again you know yeah plays to that 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 reading of this is you know, post-war reckoning too, right? Right. Yeah. That there's no, there's no wind there down no time. Yeah, it's right? like you, there's no you, wind down. You're time. back. I, yeah. I mean, and then of course you know they mix in comedy, right? Like, so he's just left on the side of the road holding a rabbit, as though he yes. like actually went hunting. Yes. And he's supposed to just pretend like that's what happened, right? Well, he's still in a daze. You yeah. Know? How did he even? Get back to the airport, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that's like the real yeah. The real plan seems to just leave him to be arrested in New York, right? Part of it. Too, yeah. Right? See, I was fascinated by that because it's like he's got this guy over here. He's got your back. I assume that means he's the driver. Yeah. Because he's like, go to that truck, and I'm like, he can't drive that truck. Like, right. In my head, I'm like, that's he's just gonna get arrested. Like, I thought there was gonna be a comedy scene of him trying to drive a truck. Through New York, New York City, <laughs> right. I really did. I was like, "Well, there's only four minutes left in this movie, so that can't be it." Right, right. Uh, and uh, you know the the way all of that plays out that you know the barber is like clearly in on it too. Mm-hmm. Like the barber turns the chair toward the right. gunman. Uh, yeah, it's just you know <laughs> their plan is to use an outsider to not get caught. But at the same time, there are so many people involved here. Well, yeah, that, and that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, exactly. And like, like, no one, not all of them have plausible deniability at all. Uh, you know, the driver isn't doesn't have an alibi. Right. Like, yeah, it's like they basically only gave the the heads of the like the heads of the of the organization the deniability. Everybody right. else is just in it. Well, it's like the guy the guy turns the chair. There's the fact that like. You know, somebody had to get that crate into the country. Right. Like, right, right. without somebody noticing there was a person inside who's very clearly yeah. alive. Because he wasn't you know, warned to, like, be quiet. 
<laughs> right. Right. Just strap in. And, right. Uh, no, it's, so it's like there's so uh, much, like, there's so much. Also, I got news for you. You cannot hold your, you cannot hold it for a flight from Italy to the United States. That is, I believe, impossible. I'm not entirely sure that the timing of that works out because it's only a two-day hunting trip, right? So. Right. No, it does. I don't think it does. I don't. I don't know exactly how long that trip is, but it's no way. No In 1962. Yeah. No way. On a on a freight liner. Uh, I don't. Yeah, there's no. I don't way, think so. Yeah, it's it's got to be at least a three to four-day hunting trip, but whatever. Um, yeah. No. It 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 it's it's a fascinating. Time. It's it's. I think, as you mentioned, they found out later that it was something right. that has happened. But, like, I think in the end, it's just supposed to be a ridiculous scheme. Like, uh, you're supposed to look oh, at the yeah. scheme and be like, well, who the fuck cooked this up? This is terrible. <laughs> like, this right. is the worst right. idea anybody's ever had. Yeah, which is another, you know, dig at the, the mafia as far as the right. movie's concerned, too, right? Yeah. And that's the other thing. You know, we talked about this, I think, with the worst Italian style, but... Um, you know, we've got Northern directors and Latuta is, 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 Latuata is Northern as well. You know, he's from the Milan area, not, not Milan exactly, I don't think, but, but from the Milan area. So it's, you know, it's also Northern directors making movies about the backward South. Right. Um, but you know, one, one aspect of this one as compared to some of the others we watched is that the North is still under the thumb of the mafia here too. Right. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, just, it, it does play with the idea. It's that just the North better is disguised. Not, yeah. The North is not like some bastion of civilization. Right. Is not, is part right. of the, the, the thing here. Right. Yeah. Is that Milan looks more accurate. like New York, but, and maybe, maybe that's the point too. Milan is too much like New York. Right. Because it's also run by the mob. Uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the the kid who's the politician, and everyone hates him for it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah he's he's, uh, he's a he's a jerk now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that idea of of you know these comedies these comedies with the lower class main people in neo realism were meant to have. You know, we're we're sort of making fun of them, right? Right. In many ways, and with with the other, is it is it pity in movies like La Strada or uh, Il Postino or not Il Postino Il uh, Il Posta the the one where the kid gets the job uh, in the mailroom of the right the northern. Uh, the northern office building. Uh, is it pity that we're meant to have for these poor people? Because uh, I don't know. That's that's an idea, sort of from uh, from one of the essays, and I I don't know if pity's what I felt for. Well, certainly, for the characters certainly of that. not in this movie. Like, yeah. th- I I don't like I said. I do feel mostly this is supposed to be a la- like laugh with us, not again, like at us sort yeah. of movie, like. Like none of these people are Southerners. This is true. Like I mean, including our main actor. Like none of them are Southerners. But like, you never re- other than the mob guys, maybe just through like p- 
pure like what they do for a living, you're not really supposed to read any of these characters as being bad. You know what right. I mean? Like they're not none of the people he meets are overtly bad or even really as far as I can tell meant to be read as like barbaric. You know what I mean? They're not they're different and there's some jokes made about how different they are. But it's mostly about a guy who forgot what home was like. Yeah. And 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 that's and that's a thing that's true no matter where home is when you leave. So I think maybe what the movie's really trying to go after is more of a fundamental idea of like because lots of people in especially in the post war era essentially had to quote unquote kind of return home. And 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 even without that, especially in like an economic boom, you have lots of people who are traveling different places to get jobs, even if they're not from Sicily. Right. If you're yeah. going to Rome or Milan to get a job, it doesn't really matter where home was. You're going it, it's going to work differently than than the place you ended. Oh, up. yeah. And so I think right. it's more more than anything. I think it's about that. Right. And the you know we we've, we've seen other movies about the alienation of moving to Rome and and right. moving to Milan yeah. right um, you know and then and that's where where the kids those young men talking about alienation really gets interesting to me because it 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 betrays a a deeper theme in this movie than anything else sort of deals with right right, right. <laughs> that that these kids they are economically alienated within Sicily even right. within the within the system set up there. Uh, even as they have a respect for the mafia, they aren't involved with with it right. directly. But they just they'd be just as alienated uh, if they moved, right? Right, absolutely. You know, and it's the same, and it's the the alienation of the lower class, and that's you know part of part of the critique of this era of uh, of Italy that we've seen in so many movies is right. that it's a uh, it's a progress without without a rising up of a lower class right right it's, and uh, and and in that it's fundamentally a critique of capitalism no matter like whether it's yeah. intended to be well, or not right i guess it's it's development without progress i think is the phrase one of the uh, one of the essays uses yeah i can see that um, as an argument right and, like, and they might be quoting someone when they say that but uh but yeah, it's it's this, and, and you know we could talk about it more broadly in capital <laughs> capitalistic societies where it's you know it's the owners are getting richer and everything's getting built up, um, and hands over the city definitely dealt with this idea too, um, you know where it's there's this sort of building for the sake of building and building for the sake of profit, but who are these apartments for? Right, yeah, who's no going to live in these apartments? And, and you know, when you look at, like, modern-day, something like modern, you know, where Sicily and, and Mediterranean cities end up going is, oh, those apartments are for day, are for <laughs> renters from out of town. Yeah, for foreigners to rent. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, at least, or at least wealthy wealthy Italians to come and rent. We are not going to get to live in those, for sure. Right, right, right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, uh, but the the current system does not do them any better. No, 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 absolutely either. not. 
and and modernizing it is not going to do them any better. Right, no, so that, yeah. That bridge isn't exactly going to be a lifeline for any of those guys, right? No, yeah, and, and uh, the thing that was stopping them from leaving Sicily was never the fact that they had to get on a boat. Right. Like, it was never that the boat was prohibitively expensive, and so they could never get on it and get out of town. It was the fact that they were never set up and put in a position where they could get out of town. Um, right. Which is a fascinating thing to think about because then all that bridge means is people who can afford to get there can get people from out of town can come in easier, right? Like it's essentially whether the movie probably doesn't know it because the movie's set contemporary to itself, you know, like it's set in nineteen whatever nineteen sixty two Italy, right? I mean, it just is. It is not like. The past or the future, or the future, it's not out of time. So, like, yeah. wh- what I mean is, like, it, it is setting up a precursor to Italian sort of tourism, right? That bridge is not for those yeah. men in that village. It's just not. So here's a here's also an interesting aspect. That bridge still doesn't exist. Oh, really? Yeah, there is still. A, if I'm understanding this right, uh, a Strait of Messina bridge is still planned oh my god <laughs> yeah uh current estimated total cost is 6.1 billion dollars there was a finite plan for a suspension bridge in the 90s uh but that was canceled in 2006 um yeah and then the next prime minister uh wow first Laconis. yeah yeah uh so <laughs> Like that's amazing, yeah. So we're watching a movie from '62 talking about the bridge is next, right? But the bridge is a pipe dream. Yeah, the bridge is never coming. Well, and the thing is, is like when did was when was the first bridge project? That's uh, the, the first, the most recent sort of finite bridge project was was a '90s thing. But the idea of building such a bridge is an ancient idea because well, right. it's it's thin enough that people thought, oh, you could definitely do that. And then, uh, I don't think anyone even ever tried. Uh, well, okay. So in the 1960s, a wide variety of proposals were advanced, including everything from submerged tubes to floating struts, p- pontoons, and revolving central section of the bridge. No, one, none turned out to be realistic. Uh, yeah. 1969, an international design competition was arranged. The reason I ask is just because, like, did they already know it was pure pipe dream or dream or not? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like when they were making this movie, we we're like, ah, oh, yeah, this this fucking thing that's never going to happen. Or yeah. was, or did and I the think, movie I think, think that's it could probably happen? no. I think I think part of his talking about the bridge is this this promise of economic miracle that uh, that the producers know isn't going to happen. That this character is meant to be, uh, you know, uh, idiotically idealistic to suggest mm-hmm. that the bridge might happen. Right. And the bridge is happening soon, you know. Right. Even, right, right. you know, it might be more hilarious if we had a movie made in 62 where a guy in 1930s says, oh, the bridge is next week. Right, right, um, right. But, but it's still just as true. Right. Not even in retrospect. I, I do not doubt that anyone, anyone, writer, producer, actor delivering that line actually thinks the bridge right, is an right. idea that's going to happen, right? Well, which brings uh, up an interesting point, right? Because, like, 
I'm trying to figure it out, but like it then it's then it's more social commentary than anything else because like there are longer bridges than that on Earth. Like two of the yeah, companies they are. reference in the Wikipedia article for the Messina, Messina Bridge are companies that built longer bridges. Yeah, including the one that spans between Hokkaido and 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 uh, mainland Japan. Uh, or no, sorry, that's not even the one they're talking about. They're talking that's not even the longest bridge. Sorry, uh, no, it's the one that goes to Shikoku. But like, uh, no, it's just interesting because like it's that's not even like that's not even like impossible. You know what I mean? Like it's not like it's not a yeah. fundamentally at this point at least in the modern era, like an impossible thing to accomplish. Boy, they have a schematic on the one for the bridge that they're talking about in Japan, and it is the most confusing schematic I have ever seen. (laughs) No, it compares bridge lengths in the worst possible way on Earth. I'm going to send it to you because I want your brain to explode. I may just make this our next Patreon card. Or the next, whenever this one comes up, because it is deeply and utterly confusing as a thing to look at. Oh, where's the chat? I'm gonna send it. I have to. It's it's <laughs> it's a sight to behold, to say the least. The hardest part is figuring out how to make like Google cooperate. Here we go. Here it comes. Look at that picture. And try to make any sense of it. They're doing size <laughs> comparisons on bridges. <laughs> And it's in fucking comprehensible. <laughs> like, Where does this can, come from? I don't. It's it's from the bridge. It's from the comparison of bridges uh, image for the Akashi Kai, uh, Kaikyo Bridge, which is one of the companies that was hired to possibly build the one at yes. uh, the Messina Bridge, and it is baffling. Please, it please is visually that, a nightmare. Everyone. everyone, please go look at that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it, it, it would seem to me, you know, current day, 2020, that such a bridge would not be a pipe dream still, but in any, in any case, that is just another aspect of the promised economic miracle that has no effect on the daily lives of the people we're seeing in Sicily. Right. But I can't let this go because I need to point out one more thing. One of the things on this list is the Titanic. One of the frames of references in in this picture is the Titanic. Beautiful. Sorry. I just needed, I I can't, I couldn't let it go. I'm sorry. But yeah, no, you're (laughs) right. Like, I mean, regardless, it's meaningless, right? Like, it's it's a meaningless project that has nothing to do with the lives of, like, real people, right? Uh, So I don't don't know. It's, yeah, it's. And it is fascinating that, that you that you informed me that it, is, it was always a pipe dream. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, this oh. is this is a. This I just also learned something that, else that I have to bring up. Apparently, oh. it's a tunnel. I thought the one that the bridge that I thought it was a bridge that went between uh, Hokkaido and mainland Japan, and it's actually a tunnel. I didn't know. I've never been up is that it far just north. A, a negative bridge, yeah, like but a, it's that's basically right. Connected it's, floating it's, tunnels underground, yeah. underwater. Yeah, I just I thought it was a bridge. I've never been up that far north, so it, I just learned something. Uh, my only experience with a very long, large bridge is the Chesapeake Bay Bridge, which is uh, fun. Across. It's fun. It is. It is. But uh, the one time I was on it, my mother 
has uh, both a fear of heights and a, a mild claustrophobia. And the Chesapeake Bay Bridge is a a very tall... They, they do two things to make sure ships can pass through. Mm-hmm. Is that the bridge the bridge platform is very high. Uh, mm-hmm. But then for for a little bit of it, it's a tunnel underwater. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's like one of my favorite things that, uh, in the world. Because it's the only bridge I've ever been on that does that thing where, you know, like, you know that thing where you go over a hill real fast and you like, your stomach goes up? <laughs> Yes. It's the only bridge I've ever been on that does that to you. It's like, what is happening here? If I got going fast enough, I would ramp off this bridge into the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, Sorry. So this has stuff. been the bridge let's cast. Let's, do, let's, let's stop with the bridge cast for a little bit. As much as we all love bridges. I mean, uh, I, I, I beg you, please put that image in the post for this episode. Please. Uh I'll do my best. Um, <laughs> bridges, uh, you know, ultimately, though, they probably could build that bridge today, but they're not going to. No. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Totally. At, at 6.1 billion uh, euro, uh, <laughs> I still don't think anyone cares about Sicily. As yeah, no, that does, that, enough. I mean, it, it would never be funded based on the need for Sicily to have it. It would be funded on the need for tourists to get there easily, right? To spend right. money in Sicily, and since oh, also there's an Airbus eight three a three eighty is one of the points. Where, I'm sorry, I can't stop looking at this image. Um, <laughs> Please, because none of these things back. are helpful at all. No, they're not. <laughs> and the way they're the way they're stacked, <laughs> they're stacked is especially it's, unhelpful. It's visually incomprehensible. I love this image yeah. so so much. Uh I can't let it go. Uh and there's even uh. a scale point over on that there's like a, there's a key over the side that's like 0 to 100 meters. It's useless. Um I love it so much. Um to describe why Pat can't let this image go is that uh it is a a single image of all these bridges and other things that are uh each one is represented by its own co- translucent color and they are just stacked on They're top all of each other superimposed on each other it's a nightmare <laughs> yeah it's you can't you can't understand anything that's going on <laughs> i can't stop looking at it i got to stop i got to close the image <laughs> please close that window pat uh, oh man um oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> i'm crying oh. That image is hilarious, but this movie, this movie itself, is very funny, it's, and yeah, I really, I really enjoyed watching it. Um, yeah, I'm glad to have watched it. It's, <laughs> I love how the cover of it and like the stills of him at the at the, the carnival shooting range all, uh, all seem to be trying to ma- portray him as this hard mafioso, <laughs> then, right? And then he's immediately introduced as this. Not incompetent, but still bubbling fool. Yeah, you know. no, totally. It, it and then, and he does that thing where he's like kind of a weird savant with shooting, which is like just a thing that they throw in there. They're like, right, oh yeah, right. He's a dead. He's a dead eye. He can hit it no matter what. Yeah, which is why they think he'd be he'd be perfect because he's he's so good. Because at what he really shooting. needs when he shoots a man with like t- six bullets in a barber shop from five feet away is aim. <laughs> right. Right. Uh. Yeah, and then the the last line in this movie, I think, is also very important to the sort of message that none of this is different in northern Italy. It's just right. It's just uh, uh, 
hidden uh is you know he comes back and he he says oh sorry to his supervisor says oh sorry i realize i i stole your pen two weeks ago and returns it and that's it right that's that's his key back into society right and then and then like the only real difference is the version of him that that left that city would have said something back and smiled this one just walks away with a haunted look like you're a good man and he just walks away looking like he's seen a ghost right Um, right and that's the sort of dead giveaway right like that's it right right and you know to get back to it, it's there are so many people within Italy in 1962 who have that same, right, that same dead eyes. What's the line about the about the dead eyes, hot thighs? I think. Is oh what yeah, they, yeah. They what, say about the. It's one of the weirdest things that's said, honestly, yeah. in this movie. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, what does that mean? I pondered that for quite a bit of time. I was like, what does yeah. any of this mean? Oh, it's delightful. Uh, I love this movie. Uh, yeah. We've been talking about Mafioso from 1962, directed by our Alberto Latuada. Uh, I don't believe we will see another Latuada film at all. Um, this, this well, is I mean, it, it sort of checks, right? Like, the way this the Criterion Collection seems to go is it does feel, I feel like this is, even though it's not like the same sort of phrasing, it does sort of feel like a sort of a token film, token director sort of like, oh, well, we need to get like a comedy from this guy who's apparently quite a famous comedian in Italy in here. Yeah. Like, and get it in. Pre, pre neorealism, he was, you know, a very popular director period. Right. Um, and you know he made some dramas, he made some comedies, he made some some melodramas, um, but yeah, we watched. So we've seen Variety Lights, and now we've seen Mafioso from him, and that's it right. for yeah. Criterion Collection. Uh, and I actually think it. I think it might actually. I think this one might actually have more to do with the actor than the yeah. Uh, because I I was just like his English Wikipedia page is lacking, but it. He's been in like he was in like two hundred plus films. Oh yeah, yeah. Like dude is, and apparently is a fairly famous like comedic actor. Right. I was I was hanging out on the Italian, um, Wikipedia, Wikipedia page, page, and and which has you know of course like significantly more information, right? Um, but it does seem like he's very famous, and it seems like this was a period in his in his work where he sort of started developing everyman characters. Yeah. And this was one of them. So it's just interesting because it's like, well, we don't really get that from what we're watching in the sense that, like, we don't know that's why it's in here, of course, but it does seem like it might have something to do with him as well. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, we need to get at least one of this guy in here because he's famous. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't sur- uh, search the Criterion Collection by, uh, by, by actor. By d- actor, right, uh, exactly. Usually, so... So I don't know if we'll ever see him again. Um, I don't believe we've seen him previously. No, I don't remember his face. I mean, he looks vaguely familiar in sort of a generic sense, but I don't think we've ever actually seen him in a film. One of the Criterion essays... Oh, go ahead. uh, One of the essays describes him as... uh, It's very silly. Um, Alberto Sordi is his name, by the way. 
but they describe him as sort of just on the cusp of being a matinee star. That his nose is a little too big. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> I feel like there's a chance we've seen him in like another Italian sort of su- like comedy or something, or another yeah. Italian, um, like uh, maybe one of those sort of more one of the wilder sort of like heisty movies or something. I don't know. It's like, he seems familiar. But was he on Big Deal? Was he in Big I Deal was on Madonna Street? Wondering about that. He is in the White Sheik. Uh, oh, and, okay. In fact, plays the titular white sheik. So that is that is one place we've seen right, him before. Okay. Um, nope, not in Big Deal on Madonna Street, but uh, that 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 may be where I remember that face from. He has he a pretty is... distinct face. Like it's pretty. It's oh yeah, out. we've we've seen him a lot actually. Oh, uh, he is he is. Uh, I don't think the main character, uh, but but one of the supporting characters in Evitaloni, uh, the. Uh, The Fellini film. Um, is that we've seen that, haven't we, Ivitaloni? I I mean, at this point, like what's left of my brain doesn't know. <laughs> I just saw his face, and I'm like, I've seen that face before. That seems yeah. very familiar. Um. I mean, looking through his two hundred plus films on Wikipedia is uh, is a task in and of itself. So yeah, yeah, we I saw. Mean, we won't know the answer. Ivitalini. It was okay. two forty six. Um, so we've seen him in Ivitalini. We've seen him in The White Sheik. I think we've probably seen him a number of times through. Uh, right. Yeah. Throughout things, but just just scrolling real quick. Yeah. We've certainly seen, seen some good things. So I mean, he um, may be he may be part of why we got we saw this movie specifically. Right, right, right. It's yeah. him in a in a leading role and doing a good job. I mean, it's quite funny. Oh yeah, it's a it's a fun movie. It really is. Uh, next week we're uh, we're in for an interesting treat. Uh, we will be watching uh, Antonio Gatti, the 1984 documentary uh, on the. Uh, Catalan architect directed oh, right. by Hiroshi Teshigahara. This is going to be so weird. Yeah. Uh, or it'll be very... incredibly straightforward. That's the other option is it will be like super yeah. duper straightforward and be like, uh, what? I am, I am definitely interested in watching it, but having, you know, we, we've seen some of Teshigahara's short, short documentaries and, it's a good possibility that it's just very straightforward. Right? Yeah, that's what so, I'm saying. Yeah. It's either yeah. going to be like wild, like kind of crazy and like some experiment. Like it could be anything, <laughs> right. really. Like it just it really could, could go anyway. It really could go anyway. Uh, but yes, thank you so much for listening to Lost Criterion. I am, as always, the Adam Glass with me, as always, John Patrick Oyotar Dorgan. And we'll see you next week. Bye.
been listening to Lost in Criterion, hosted by John Patrick Owatari Dorgan and the Adam Glass, who edits it. We're a production of WithTwoBrains.com. Jonathan Hape does the music. Check him out at JonathanHape.BandCamp.com. And hey, if you like us, why don't you give us a review on iTunes, like us on Facebook, or support us on Patreon. That's Patreon.com slash Lost in Criterion. We'd appreciate it.